you are not defined by a number on a scale or a number on your the tag of your clothes. I just think that if women could let go of those things, we could be shining so much brighter. I think we hold ourselves back. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself or let the wheels fall off on your diet or not. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is put your energy into what matters. That's taking care of yourself. So your body, your number might look differently from hers. And that is okay. And if you can get to that point where you feel like that is okay, you're going to be living your best life. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. The world is filtered, and we are here to take you along with us, to connect people, to support people, to talk about the struggles we have, but also the things we need to celebrate as women. And today we're going to get vulnerable with a series of questions that explain exactly that. So Amy, what is the biggest struggle you have in your marriage? The biggest struggle in my marriage is a time crunch. It shows up in so many different ways. And when we are short on time, Drew and I are just shorter with each other. We've got three little boys that are pretty little. We are doing all of the things for them. We're at the parenting um, age where we are wiping everyone's butts, feeding them, bathing them. We have to do all the things. So by the end of the day, 8.30 p.m., that's my only time for my husband. I have one hour until it's my bedtime. And that's with a dirty kitchen. You know what I'm saying? So that is just something that comes up again and again. Drew, a year ago, when I was was in the bathroom and he came in and he was like, babe, I miss you. Like, I miss the you that isn't just their mom. And because he said it, kindly I really heard him I it stopped me in my tracks and I knew that I was falling short on being his partner and so Drew and I have really made a conscious effort to start adding more time for just each other in adding date nights in both of us can communicate hey we haven't had a date in a while like let's just Let's just get out of the house. Um, so the time crunch in so many areas of my life, including my marriage, is super real. What about you, Abby? What would you say is your biggest struggle in your marriage? And I know that time crunch can just get so hard with so many people. We also struggle with that, but our biggest issue is scorekeeping. I wish I could say I was a reform scorekeeper, but it's far from reformed. (laughs) I look to my husband, Colin, with, oh, did he get a guy's night? Or did he get to leave earlier in the morning to go work out? And it's not fair, because if I just asked him to step up, 
he will. He usually yeah. will. But it's so many of those tallies over the course of the nine years that we've been together that I just can't break from. And they stay in my mind and I remember them. And I've done a lot better job of just not bringing them up, but they do still pop up in my mind. So scorekeeping, that's my biggest one. And switching it over to motherhood. I know not everyone listening is a mother, but for you, Amy, what's your what makes you feel the most guilty? Mom guilt. Ooh, I try to stay far from it. But the thing that I struggle with the most is that I have so much going on from the business I own to launching a podcast to, you know, I just retired from my nursing job. You know, the rules outside of motherhood, you know, being a daughter, being a sister, being everything. um, I have so much going on that when I'm with my children, sometimes my mind is pulled in a different direction. And because I'm a working mom, when I'm with those babies, I really want to be present and there for them and make them feel so important to me. And I can't do that if I'm being pulled to my phone because my team needs me to answer, you know, to give the green light on something. So I am a work in progress, just like so many of you, but it's something that's front of mind right now for me to improve on is, okay, this is my time with my boys. I'm not going to be checking emails. This is my time with my boys. I am not going to be on Instagram. I'm not going to be Instagram Amy. I'm going to be mom Amy. So it's something I still struggle with, but my blinders are on to the rest of the world and I'm focusing on being their mom present where my feet are that goes with every title too so when you're a mom you're a mom when you're a person who's working you're working and I'm terrible at that like my mind I think that for so many women our minds are always going to the next place and if we can just be exactly where we are it makes you feel more fulfilled because you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing in the moment that it's being done. A hundred percent. And somebody out there needs to hear this and it sounds terrible, but the hardest thing for me and what makes me feel the most guilty in motherhood has to be bedtime. So the time where you're reading books and cuddling and saying prayers, I loathe bedtime. (laughs) It's awful. It sounds so bad, but When the end of the night is coming, I get super nervous because our daughter, Lucy, she's three and a half now, we had to hire a sleep consultant because she literally didn't go to sleep, Amy, for like 17 months. She would scream for hours. She would run around the stairs. She would climb out of her crib, name it, and she's better now. But we still worry that it's going to come back. We still worry she's going to go back to her old ways. And just the really dark place that my husband and I were in, and it wasn't comfortable for her either. But it's so, so hard for me. But I honestly don't think it sounds terrible because I have so many friends that are living the same life. And so you've you've just spoken to so many women out there that are like, hell yes, bedtime is the worst thing, worst part of the day. And that does lead into being a working mom as well. When you have emails to get to at the end of the day, you're trying to get through everything. Bedtime is that one thing standing in the way. But what's the hardest thing for you about being a working mom? My biggest struggle is, I mean, I guess all of my life, my biggest struggle is a time crunch. (laughs) I just feel like that just 
plays into my life so much when I think about being a working mom. Um, I have Fridays at home with my babies. I cherish and protect that day because I can full on enjoy being at home. My work week is over and I know I'm going into the weekend. Sometimes, Abby, I'll have, like tonight, I have a work event. And so I'm going to miss my baby's bedtime. And for me, I know I'm making a good choice. Like I want to be at that event, Mm -hmm. but do I just really miss that night at home? I do. I really, really do. So um, just constantly feeling really careful and protective of my time is something that's really important to me. Um, But I couldn't say that I never am like, oh, I don't want to miss a bedtime, you know. (sighs) So the part of the day that you love the most is bedtime. (laughs) Opposite. (laughs) And I do. I I miss a lot. So the hardest part about my job, I've been in a traveling sales role for 12 and a half years now. So obviously I haven't had children for 12 and a half years. Our oldest is three and a half and our youngest is almost two. But the hardest thing for me is when I step off that plane, I have to be working Abby. I can't be bringing my breast pump with. I can't be calling my kids or figuring out if they have to go to a a doctor appointment. I can't be doing those things when I am in the business setting. But when I get home, as soon as I get out of the car, I'm all of a sudden mom. And all of those other duties are still there. Like they're still in the back of my mind, but I have to turn them off. So it's really just difficult for me because it goes from being alone and eating nice meals out with coworkers, wearing high heels all the time to all of a sudden having peanut butter and snot on my sleeves all the time. So just the really hard transition of polar opposites. Well, and I think that it's an interesting thing that you are in sales. And so you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are one of the few female salespeople. And whereas when I was a nurse, a lot of the nurses are working Mm -hmm. moms Mm -hmm. is very common to say, you guys, I've got to go pump, you know, or I've got to take this phone call from daycare, just kind of a different setting. So I'm sure some moms are relating to you where working motherhood isn't as talked about, where I do think there's other industries and other companies that are making it more of a culture of like, hey, you don't have to shut that off when you're here um, as much. Okay, so leading from being a working mom, you've been successful at it. For 12 and a half years, you've been successful at sales. So now we're going to ask the question, Abby, what debt do you have? So you know how some people talk about credit card debt and they hide their credit card statements or they hide their Lululemon purchases and... Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's people out there who have a very, very big issue with the debt that they have. I actually have the exact opposite issue. I have an issue talking about how little debt we have. So as of right now, we have paid off all of our credit cards, our cars, all of our student loans. We have paid off our rental property. And as of about two years ago, we even paid off our home mortgage. So we are debt free. And how old are you? (laughs) 33, I think. 33. Yeah. (laughs) Our goal was to do it by my husband's 30th birthday. And we did. And I think the reason that I have such a hard time talking about it is because I don't want people to look at me or think of me differently. 
Um, like what is the fear there? What do you think they're going to think? I don't You're know. Bragging I don't know. Or? Yes. Yes. And I think that just in society, we don't talk about money. And as women, we don't talk about money. And it's an issue. I realize it's an issue. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast and the woman on it, she's huge in the finance world. And she said, women would rather talk about the way they want to be buried when they die than talk about how much they make. And the panelist she was speaking to is like, no, you're bluffing. And she goes, okay, do you want to be buried or cremated? The woman easily answered, cremated. Then she said, how much do you make? And the woman just, you know, completely flushed, felt Uh so uncomfortable. So you guys, I'm the only one in this room right now. And I can tell you, Abby just wanted to squirm off (laughs) that couch just telling you their financial picture. It's this thing that women have around money. And Abby and I want to open that box. We do. We do. Um, Throwing it back to you, Amy, what debt do you have? As of right now, Drew and I have two things to pay off. One is our SUV and the other is our house. Now, believe me when I tell you, I would tell you exactly how much we owe on those things if my husband was comfortable with it. For me, I am an open book. I don't feel um, shame, embarrassment, anything around money. But he wants to be a little more private. Totally respect that. I can tell you we are going to pay them off very fast in the next couple years. So we are definitely have the mindset of heading towards being debt-free. But Drew really has a focus on investments. And so that's something between us that we often visit every month <laughs> at our financial meeting. I did not grow up with much money. So, and maybe some of you can relate, I want to be debt-free just because I've seen money not be, you know, used appropriately in some circumstances. And so that there's almost like a pride for me of being debt free because I have I didn't come from having money. But Drew sees it as we should invest now. Like we're young, let's invest, let's invest, let's invest. So that's something that we often talk about. And how cute is that, you guys? You may not have heard that, but they have a financial meeting every single (laughs) month. (laughs) And I think the reason it started, and I'm assuming this, but you weren't always good with money, Amy. Oh, Lord. (laughs) No, no, no. I, everything started to change when Drew and I were getting more serious. Like, we're like, okay, we're going to do this life together. We had premarital counseling. And one topic that came up were finances. Why? Because finances are a leading cause of divorce. Like it's a big deal in marriages. And so we had to talk about the way that our families handled money, the way we just talked about essentially your beliefs around finances. And I don't think that a lot of people have had that conversation. I'm so glad that we did. Drew and I have always tackled finances as a team. He calls it a glass house approach like I'm not running a scheme behind his back with lululemon purchases Mm -hmm. anymore and I'm anymore do you guys hear that anymore (laughs) like I used to do that I would buy lulu this was when our bank account 
parents were separate. We were courting phase. We were dating. And I would go to Lululemon and purchase, you know, a couple things. And then I would shove the bag in my closet. We lived together, but we had separate rooms. I would shove the bag in my closet, like throw the receipt away. And then when I would wear the thing and you would ask me if it were new, I'd be like, oh, no, I just haven't worn this in a long time. Like I would straight up lie to his face. He knows this now. I've come clean. But that I'm not willing to do that anymore because we are working toward the same financial goals. If I purchase something, I should be able to say why I bought it. Yeah, I believe. So nothing is secret anymore. He has every right to ask me what's on my credit card statement, as do I with him. So Amy, how are you going to teach your children about finances then so you're not growing up or they're not growing up in the same mentality that you started off with? Yeah, I think that is such a great question. I think everything that we are doing in front of our children is teaching them something. So for me... I want to show them good money habits. What does that mean? They are not going to be the kiddos that get 30 Christmas presents. Drew and I buy them one Christmas present. And we don't want to teach them overabundance or spending money that you don't have. Something that is important for me is while we are going to support these three little boys, like we've got their college funds already set up. You know, if they want to start a business, they can pitch it to us. Like, we'll be there for them in that way. But we, just because a mom and dad have money, doesn't mean that Max, Trey, and Cole have money. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to be supportive, but we are not going to be an ATM. But I've got to demonstrate to them that, you know, mom and dad earn money, and we're also smart about how we spend money. Yes, so key. Okay, so for you guys, because I feel like you're such good examples of this, what are you trying to teach your children? Ours are just simple. I think for starters, every day of our lives, we are living exactly how we preach. So we generally bring our coffee places. We generally pack a bag lunch. Like those are the little things. Um, And those are things that I cover. So Colin really looks at getting the big boulders in place. So don't overspend on a car. Don't overspend on a house. Making sure that those are like the key components of everybody's life on a big level and then also on a daily level. But a really small room of them, 20s are for investing and for traveling not for drinking and buying clothes. And I think I just look back to all my friends and even myself falling into some of those habits, bad habits in our 20s and how much more we could have saved now if we would have done that. I can't wait till Lucy is 20 (laughs) hearing this conversation because she's be like, okay, mom. Like, no. We can only only hope that things turn out for the best, right? Mm -hmm. Let's switch gears. So... Finances is something I know that I'm good at. One thing I know that I struggle with is body insecurity and body image in general. And Amy, looking at you, you have one of the most confident body images of any woman I've ever met. But as far as a body insecurity, what comes to mind? You know, this is a journey that I have been on since my 20s. So I have really worked on this I don't think I was born with the confidence that you're speaking of so I want people to understand that this has been a journey I used to look at a picture of myself and just 
uh, automatically zoom into what I thought was wrong with my body. I no longer operate that way. I can tell you if I could have my boobs be the same size, would I take it? Of course I would. You know what I'm saying? They're lopsided. Three babies deep here, breastfeeding um, with a lopsided supply. So while I would take it, I don't look at myself and be like, oh my gosh, my stomach is stretched. That's not what comes to mind. And I just understand that is part of the process of motherhood. Like I have given these three babies a house to live in for nine months inside my body. And then for me, I have breastfed each of them. So for 14 months with each of them, they're still a part of my body, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm just in this time where I'm giving my body to someone else. And so I'm not gonna be hard on it during that journey. Are you guys listening to this? Like that is that is so good, Amy. That's so good. <laughs> and I know that you just think that that's life. Like you just think because that is part of your mentality and part of your self-talk, you feel like that is just a normal conversation that women should have. And I don't know who's listening to this. I know myself and I do not have that conversation with myself on a daily basis. And I look at the things. I look at my thighs and I think they look 10 times bigger than they actually are. Um, I'll look at my stomach even on a good day and be figuring out how can I make it even more perfect. I had gained a lot of weight in college. So I was a much, much bigger person at during my college years. And when I look in the mirror, my biggest insecurity is I still see that person. I still see the person who is six pant sizes bigger than I am right now. And it's not fair because I right. obviously have worked really hard to get where I am. But that mentality still comes up. You know, and it's it's dysmorphic. It's Abby, you know, I've talked to other friends about this too, other friends that have been bigger and then they've gone on a weight loss journey and now they have this insecurity that they're going to go back up. Mm -hmm. And I say, Abby, if you gain five pounds, that doesn't mean you're going to slide back to 40 40 pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, take it for what it is without escalating it to something it's not. Also, I just want to say for the record, Abby Green has this beautiful, strong body. And so when you see your friend struggling with these issues, um, I just always try to encourage her. I'm like, Abby, I don't see what you see. It's okay, you know, that you see that. But I think with women, one tangible takeaway I can give on this is don't say things about your body that you wouldn't say to your best friend. So I'm sure, Abby, you're not going to see your best friend or even say me. You're not going to see me and start critiquing my body. Right, right. And so why is it okay for you to do it to yourself? Definitely not. We're a work in progress, Mm -hmm. though, you guys. This is what we're opening up. So right along this subject, I know another thing that women really struggle with is food. Abby, what would you say is your biggest food issue? And this is what made me gain the freshman 45. And I know it's a joke. Like people talk about gaining the freshman 15. And no lie, I gained 45 pounds my freshman year because I eat perfectly until I don't. So eating all the salads, eating all the the healthy soups, making sure that everything is satisfying and perfectly proportioned, and then I want a cookie. 
and then I want 12 cookies. Usually, these types of things come from restricting at some point in your life. And for me, that started back in high school. And I can't, it, it doesn't stop. It's gotten a lot better. So the last year, this last year in 2019, um, I've made more progress than ever before. Wait, how have you done that? Just balance. It's, it's all about balance. Knowing that it's okay to have a cookie. It's okay to have some pieces of candy without having to eat the entire thing. And the starting tomorrow mentality, or I'll start on the first of the year, or even just Mondays, it's okay to live in the gray zone and not be black and white all the time. Girl, you spoke to me right there because I used to have like the weekend slide mentality. Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, I was on point. And then when it was Saturday, Sunday, it was just these magical days where I could do whatever I wanted. And it was just kind of, that was how I operated. It felt very cyclical to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some people have cheat meals or some people have whole weekend slides, but Living in balance is truly what has helped so much here. So what about you, Amy? Your biggest food issue? This is funny. It might be different than people expect. But in my role of having an Instagram account and I own a postpartum and pregnancy fitness brand, people always want to know what I am eating. Amy, can we have a snack idea? Can we see what you eat for breakfast? Can you, sh- can you share a whole day of your diet? And I honestly hesitate and I don't want to because I don't have the drama around food that a lot of other women have, mm-hmm. meaning I'm not trying to eat in a perfect way. I'm not trying to count my macros, count my micros, take a blended shake um eat perfect color of the rainbow I don't even know what is out there but I don't do any of those things and anytime I share say I share a picture of a meal giving someone an option they say hey shouldn't you replace that sour cream with some Greek yogurt shouldn't you add do you know spinach is better for you than iceberg lettuce do you know and I'm like whoa I didn't want everyone's opinion on it so for me I really like what I'm doing I like how I'm feeling and I don't want to bring everyone else into the mix because a lot of these people are not experts in the field they are like experts in the last shape article that all of a sudden told us carbs were bad again Uh uh-huh Uh whatever it is so um, that's one insecurity I have is like sharing what I do because I just don't want the feedback and the drama so for those of you listening Amy loves her sour cream so (laughs) Greek yogurt is not gonna do it for her (laughs) let's get fun so what makes you feel sexy for me I love going on a date night with Drew I will go upstairs about an hour before we leave I put on Beyonce. I just get into this whole mood. Uh, I curl my hair. It's like this big wavy curls. I come downstairs in an outfit that I feel supremely confident in. That's either a blouse and jeans or a short dress. And I just feel like I am my old self again, meaning I don't have the time to get ready very often these days. It's a quick five minute makeup 
session and I'm in my yoga pants. He's seen that look. You know what I mean? <laughs> he has seen that look. So when I am about to go on a date with him and I have some time and I've got Lizzo, I'm ready for it. That's when I feel my most sexy. What about you? I would echo all of those things. Um, but I would also add that I'm a huge morning person. So when I get a good workout in in the morning, also blaring Lizzo or Beyonce, <laughs> I just know I'm starting my day off really good. I feel awesome the entire day. And then putting on an amazing pair of jeans, margarita on a patio. That's all I need to feel sexy. Oh, give me that patio. <laughs> Especially this time of year. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Greatest fear, Amy. I have this part about me that is dark and twisty. Meredith Grey style. Do you get that reference? Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. Not a TV watcher over here, but I get that one. <laughs> Because I have been an oncology nurse for six years, I have seen many, many people die before, quote unquote, their time. Young Mm -hmm. people, people Mm -hmm. younger than I am. Or they have cancer and that does change your whole life. It really does. So for me, my greatest fear is that happening to either someone that I love so much like my husband Mm -hmm. I have I remember starting oncology and there was this night where I was looking at Drew in bed as he was sleeping peacefully and I just started crying about like what if he died you know what I mean it's really it's it's deep um so someone I'm really close to or myself experiencing an unexpected medical issue is my greatest fear And you aren't in the room with us right now, but Amy's eyes are welling up right now with just thinking about that, thinking about somebody going through such a hard, such a hard thing. But I will say I do. It's not like I live in fear every day. I really use it as a guidepost for my life to say, you know what, Amy, that traffic jam doesn't really matter. I just can reset myself because I've seen what actual big problems look like. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I do have a sunny personality and outlook is because I know, you know, what other people are going through is so much harder than some of my everyday things that I go through. So what about you? What is your greatest fear? My greatest fear is getting to the end of my life, whether that's hopefully not tomorrow in a car accident maybe when I'm 100 plus years old and not living up to my fullest potential. Whatever that is, whoever that person is, not being her when I die. I think that's a big reason why it's so hard for me to make decisions, honestly, because I'm always worried, is this going to lead me to my fullest potential or should I take this path? Should I do this instead of this? And it makes me overthink everything in life because I'm always thinking about the next step and what else can I do to be bigger, better, and just a better version, more improved version of myself. So I hope that I'm on the right journey to becoming the fullest potential of Abby Green, whoever that may look like, but it is something that I think about every day. You know what? This is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with another person because that is not, I've never even thought of that fear, but I know that you're speaking to women right now that have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question. Proudest moment. Amy Kiefer. 
these are all these questions are going to make my eyes well up with tears. <laughs> oh. This is like beautiful stuff. Um, I remember having this moment with Drew earlier this year. We had a conflict, one of those things you don't even remember what you were fighting about, right? But the next thing I know, we had it resolved. It's like Drew and I are day in, day out kind to each other. We come to resolution when we do disagree. Usually, in a, in a quick matter, we're very respectful to each other. Why I say these are my most proud moments is because we were not always there. Uh, so if you're listening and you're like, oh, must be nice. I'm like, girl, do not even get me started. I used to like, I'm pretty quick witted. And so my, I come in hot sometimes. Like the thing that pops into my mind used to fly out of my mouth. And I did not think about the repercussions or that I couldn't take it back when I said it to Drew. And so now I've been able to really slow down. And I take a lot of pride in that because it takes work. It takes like, practice. It hard. And good relationships in general take practice. Yeah. But good marriages, because the people you're closest to, you're usually the meanest to. Oh, exactly. But why don't we change that? Well, exactly. It's like you would never talk to your coworkers or to your boss the way that you talk to your spouse. Except for you guys, we promised our spouses forever. You know what I mean? Like we should, in my opinion, we should cherish that relationship and respect it. And words cannot be unsaid. No, they can't. And that is, that's tough. What would you say? What is your most proud moment? I love your answer. That's not my answer, (laughs) but I love your answer. My most proud moment was completing Ironman. So it's 140 miles of swimming, biking, and running. And the reason it was my proudest moment is because I worked so hard for months, for years to get to that day. My whole family was there. They were all cheering. I had an awesome day, an awesome race. And at the end of it, Colin was there with a ring and asked me to be his wife. So it was really just the perfect end to a perfect day to a perfect chapter in my life. And I think that hard work, I enjoy hard work. Like I'm one of those people who I really, really, really like hard work and being able to get to something and finish that long of a distance of race just was an awesome, awesome feeling. And I've taken that it with me forever. It's truly amazing. <laughs> I'm never trying to do an Ironman. Let's finish it up. Let's do it. Okay. If you could tell women one thing, Amy, what would that be? No pressure. Just one thing. <laughs> exactly. If I could tell women one thing, it would be you are not defined by a number on a scale or a number on your the tag of your clothes. I just think that if women could let go of those things, we could we could be shining so much brighter. I think we hold ourselves back. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself or let the wheels fall off on your Mm -hmm. diet or not. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is put your energy into what matters. That's taking care of yourself. So your body, your number might look differently from hers. And that is okay. And if you can get to that point where you feel like that is okay, you're going to be living your best life. 
And there's going to be so many episodes on this, you guys, because yeah. I know that as women, we struggle with that. How about you? What would you tell women if you could tell them one thing? One thing, just because someone does it differently than you doesn't make it wrong. And that matters if it's your spouse, how he parents differently. It matters if it's your friend, how she mothers differently. It matters about your coworker and how he or she makes cold calls differently or does your nursing things. I don't know what you do in the nursing world, (laughs) but just because they do something differently doesn't make it wrong. And we all have our own unique style. We have our own unique skill set. And that's what makes the world such a good place. I think that is so important if people can get to that place where they're confident in their decisions, they're not looking all around. If something feels good for you, don't worry if it's different from how your best friend or your sister is doing it. And this is just the start of the conversation. So head on over to Instagram. We're at Herself Podcast. And if you like what you heard today, hit subscribe. It's the easiest way that people just like you can hear our message. <laughs>